Just a little bit about myself, my name is James, uh, I'm 30, and I have been writing, I've been writing and drawing for, I would say, not even too long, maybe about five years. And I eventually met these two guys via a writing group that I started when I moved to Tampa. And my, my writing goals and the things that I'm attracted to um, in relations to writing, I really like writing novellas. Some people call them light novels. They might be around 50,000 pages, something like that. 50,000 50, pages? No, no, 50,000 50, words. I'm sorry, 50,000 okay. words. 50,000 wow, words. That's like that's 50,000. 50, hey, I'm, I'm a scholar. I'm a scholar at heart. <laughs> um, but And that's kind of what I enjoy doing. A lot of my inspiration comes from a lot of the cartoons that I watch as a kid, anything related to anime and even live action movies and that kind of what thing. Kind of, what kind of anime did you watch as a kid? I, classic like Dragon Ball no, Z. No, no, I watched or? Dragon Ball Z, that which is like the like the Frieza saga, like all that stuff. Like I loved that stuff. Golden age. But then I was really into Gundam. Ooh. I was so into Gundam, like I knew all of the characters and never cared. About I would Gundam. stay up till which, way past which Gundam though. There's like no, Gundam, eighty different series. Yeah, in this it's yeah, it's like Gundam Gundam Wing, like the one that came out in like '95 oh. with like Hiro and all those guys, and I just thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. I would stay up way past my bedtime, which was like, I don't know, 8.30, like to watch Toonami. <laughs> like to watch like Toonami at like 9.30 or 9.45. And after that's, that's a brutal yeah, after hours after that, after hours. And those were some of my best memories, man. Just watching Gun. Now, anime and manga and that whole scene, that is a marriage of drawing, writing, all sorts of creative processes. And sometimes it's all by one person. Did you start like trying to write? Creative stories or drawing first? It's actually interesting that you asked that. Um, I actually started with the with the art aspect. I really like the art of manga, of anime, and things related to that. And sort of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, essentially. And so what I said to myself, well, first I need to learn how to draw. So you're never really done learning how to draw, but I eventually got decent enough where I could start drawing my own characters and that kind of thing. But then I said to myself, okay, the next step is that you're going to have to write stuff because you but just can't. Yeah, you, you got a story out of the characters. Story structure. So, but the cool thing is about drawing characters is that it's easier to write about them as opposed to if it's just these abstract ideas of characters in your head because you can actually put, it's physically on paper and you can put a face on it and it helps you sort of develop that character and come up with that character and sort of think about how those characters interact with each other and how your story develops. So I kind of got lucky and sort of, I took that route of being able to draw my characters and then starting to write their stories and stuff like that. Because you make a good point with manga, with a lot of manga at least, these guys, they'll do it all themselves as opposed to the American, the American quote unquote way with common bo with comic books insofar as you'll have one person who just does lettering. You might have one person who just does the writing and one person who just does the coloring or the illustration. But a pattern I noticed in Japanese manga is that a lot of these, they call mangakas like mangakas they do it all themselves the writing the lettering the art it's not always the case but it's just a trend i was noticing the industry is kind of well known for being extremely like work 
like there's a lot of hours that go into this and people are we're involved in that it's like a lifestyle it's a lifestyle it really is a lifestyle and it does it's like a balancing act i guess everything is a balancing act but it just to if you're really passionate about it it's worth it but it takes up so much of your time but if you're doing it the if you're doing it the right way then it's sort of i guess a labor of love you could say but it's really time consuming which is why you need to make sure that you love doing it but you're not writing a manga you're writing a book and you're also I'm writing about it yes yeah, so the the sort of the procedure i'm kind of like following i guess is that my writing hasn't gotten to that level where i can just like bust out like manga pages just like at the drop of a hat so what i want to do is i'm going to write my short little novella and maybe every 10 pages there's a few illustrations here and there and that's sort of like me i guess like taking baby steps quote unquote just i'm drawing i'm doing the chapter and each chapter might have just one illustration of the maybe the character doing the main thing during that chapter or something like that eventually i do want to get to that point where i can bust out like two manga pages in like a whole day but that is tough and that takes a lot of skill and know-how and my level's not quite there when you say bust out two manga pages do you mean like an actual manga like drawing the whole two pages the whole thing man these guys like they these mangakas like I never they can thought bust you were out. that interested in manga i knew you were a fan no i i am i i like manga because manga and comics are really similar it's just manga does have its own sort of like eastern style to it um, but yeah, just comic books as a whole. Um, it's just a lot of the comics that I tend to like are just manga. Blame it on Toonami or whatever. I just liked the style, I guess. And seeing um, manga turned into anime was um, an enjoyable thing for me. So being able to sort of hit that level eventually would be something that I would consider one of my dreams at least. But it's it's hard, but it's, it's fun if you do it right, I think. And it's all one big creative flow as well. I mean, I would... I'd say that people who are capable of illustrating all these scenes and motions and setting the story up, visual storytelling is still storytelling. So whether it be in words or in pictures, there's a lot of overlap there. Very easy, I think, to slip into one or the other or join them together in the case of manga and comics. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's why I like it, because it combines that visual and written storytelling. Because they say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. You can... There are some scenes in my head in some of the stories that I have where writing it, putting it in words is a little difficult, but I know exactly how it's going to look on paper if I actually draw it out. And that's sort of like when those two things come together, it looks like something that's really cool. Um, and that's why I enjoy it. Um, because you said, now kind of like hitting on like the stuff you're working on right now, you're doing a blog, which is writing, but you're also adding pictures as well. Yeah. So how did you go about doing that? Well, uh, I had sort of a reverse um, introduction to creative writing and such from you. Uh, when I was young, adults told me, hey, you're pretty good at writing these papers. And I thought, well, I guess I'm pretty good at writing papers. And I <laughs> kept writing it. Prophecy. It was, yes. Um, I was, I, I saw was praise as a child. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Most abusive story you've ever had. Many, <laughs> many pages. They liked papers my later. papers. Mm -hmm. Those adults. Yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes I wonder that, but yeah. The uh, the end result. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I had one of those moments the other day when you like realized that 
your parents allowed you to win or something and it was completely a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you look back you and you're ruined like, me. It's you a realize, like, one of the paper. key moments of your life was a total lie out of love, but a lie nonetheless. <laughs> so you like, I just, wondering I just, I just, want, I just want someone to blame my problems on, okay? Just let me have this. Let me blame my parents for encouraging me to write. All right. I mean, in the end, it was a child's paper. So if I look back, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, this red mark everything. But, um, you learn, that's how you learn and grow. Um, yeah. and so I did start out when I was quite young. Uh, I was not into anime until well into middle school, even high school. And even then it just was dabbling. Yeah. Um, I got my start with good old fashioned being a bookworm and nerding out in the library. Okay. Um, the local libraries around Tampa, uh, I actually do remember they used to let you check out 50 books at a time on a card. Wow. And I knew that. Because, because I routinely tried. maxed out that card. Wow. You check reading out books, 50, 50 books? books at a time. Jeez, yeah. man. Uh, once, once a week, we go to the library, and uh, I was truly a bookworm. But also, when I was allowed, I'd play a lot of video games. And video games is another medium where writing does play a big role, especially in um, RPGs, where oh, yeah. it mostly is text box blocks yeah. for communications and whatnot. So, well, I mean, you could see video games, you know. Higher production video games also was just a movie, so there was writing in that sense. Yeah. And then, yeah. Especially lately, well, nowadays the writing gets a little hidden behind, you know, voice acting, and it's still writing and it's still there. But back when I was playing these games, they didn't have voice lines. You were reading text boxes, so it was like reading a more interactive book. Um, so those games really pulled some emotions and yeah. um, just inspired me when I was younger. I wanted to make a game, and I'm like, well. That's a lot. So maybe I'll just start with making a story. And then story after story, I got through school. And then I went to school to keep writing. And I just, I've been writing this whole time. Words are, words are a comfort um, sometimes. That's kind of cool though, because like you're talking, you're sort of making it sound like a video game or something like that is sort of uh, an extension of a book or it, it shares a lot of commonalities. But I would say that it does. It is a story. Especially like those, for example, RPGs and stuff like that. It is a story. Yeah, early RPGs, especially, it was all reading. You're talking. I'm th I'm thinking like Morrowind, even earlier than that. Uh, early Fallout. Like it, all it was is just reading a text box. Yeah. And sometimes you would have you would find the hidden notes or whatever. And sometimes they were really romantic in some way or horrific in some way. And those are the ones that stuck with me the most. Uh, all those things. I think of like a game like Penumbra or something. Yeah. Where you can only, I don't know if you know about Penumbra. It's a video. Penumbra. It's a horror video game. Very old. It was an indie game too. Was yeah. I, that sounds indie. It Penumbra was, does sound, sounds like a weird Steam. Pokemon. No, it's, it's, you're like stuck in a mine. Yeah. And you have to, you can't run, you can only run away. You can't fight. And there's these monsters lurking the halls and you kind of have to get through it. So you can't, you're constantly fighting to, hide or flee fighting to not fight because you Sorry, can't fight yeah, you fighting, said you, yeah. you said you can't fight. no you can't there's no weapons yeah. or anything so it's okay. all based on just survival and yeah. all you have is these bits and clues of notes that you have around the around the the mine and some of them are really tragic and the whole story of red i'm sure you remember that's that sounds really like sad. an awesome story though like I thought oh, it was a, a cool great story. story i really like yeah. penumbra um i played it later in life i don't have a huge in, in Italy, the approach to anime and comics was very different. Than oh, the by the States. way, by the way, we should sort of, I think we should like sort of like 
head over towards Giorgio because he is Italian. So let's hear a little about your story. Because, yeah. you know, as you as we probably sound, actually we all sound, I guess, quote unquote, American in the sense that we were all born here. But Giorgio, your story is a little different. Yeah, I was born in Italy and was raised in Italy and I moved here for college. My mother's American, so I learned English at a very young age. And uh, No Italian accent. Italian accent I, is gone. Some people say they can hear an accent. I, I can hear. I can you hear, can hear it But you can't you can tell hear? it's Italian. You just no. you can hear something's no, no. off. I that's, can't that's, tell that's, it's Italian. That's my vibe about it. I'm not but saying people, it's a bad thing if you had it. It's no, just I don't that, care. that just shows that you have a high level of English if you don't have that accent when you speak the language. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, I, I mean I speak how I speak, you know, now yeah. it's a, but um but people say they hear an accent, some people say they don't. It's kind of a mixed bag. Um but in Italy and going back to the anime and whole yeah. comic book discussion, comics yeah. books are a real big deal in Italy, obviously, but we had a lot of influence also from, from Japan and from the anime world. And we had animes that you guys never heard of or that are very rare um, to hear about in the United States. And vice versa is true as well. Dragon Ball, I think, is universal. I think everyone Oh, in that's the world like the, one of the first major animes. about Dragon Ball. And manga to um, like it. Yeah, but... Like kind of like you, Jordan. I, Dragon Ball was on TV, so I've seen it, but I never got into anime until I was middle school, high school, because I dated people that were in that environment and went to Comic Con and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I probably, I, I would say anime was a big deal though at that period. It's very dramatic, yeah. and as a fourteen-year-old, you know, you watch something it's like about intellectualism and. Uh, high caliber whatever and takes kids actually seriously you feel involved and so i was really engaged with that and um i think it drives like the emotional part um that and probably being italian people say also drives more romantic you know like we just have a more like the romantic aspect of some of those anime or manga or that kind of thing. yeah we're just more in tune with it i guess in a way i mean like keep, i mean keep you guys did write dante's inferno and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> i wasn't personally involved in that <laughs> yeah, project you, but you, you were involved with that that wasn't your granddad what um no but you know poetry is mandatory across high school you graduate learning poetry and philosophy and we read poetry from france germany russia as well that's crazy like i don't like i think like we and say England, we obviously. do in america but i don't think we do that not in that level. it's some american stuff yeah it, poetry for me my, it was not in my education but i did grow up or in writing. florida and um spoilers we don't have the number one ranked education oh, system yes. in the u.s yeah, so i noticed uh, didn't didn't number come two? Mind, <laughs> like i think we're on the podium yeah. but <laughs> But no, just like that, like, but I just like, I just like, like that, having like that in your education system when you don't like ignore poetry, you don't ignore stories, you don't ignore that writing stuff. You know, Italy has such a, such a culture towards the arts. Yeah. So yeah. like we're the center of Renaissance and you know, it's, it's hard not to walk into history because it's, everything's been developed literally hundreds you of take years a ago. left, like on whatever street you're on. Oh, it's that's like 2000 years down. old, you know, yeah. whatever. And so you kind of, they, it, it's part of the culture. They want you to know it. Yeah. Um, art is a really big deal for Italians. Um, so that's just, just study a lot and kind of exploit it, I guess. Now, insofar as what you're working on or what projects yeah. you have on or lack thereof, what can you sort of say <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in, that, uh, in that sense? Um, so I'm very busy. Um, like everyone else probably in this room is very busy as well, but oh, we I, all are, I've man. never yeah. been able to sit down and write 
a concise story, like the size of a novella or a book. I always liked doing short stories. I always liked reading short stories too, because they're short and sweet to yeah. the point kind of thing. And I can read a whole story in 15 minutes and feel an emotion and then get on with my day. Uh, I don't have, like sometimes I have the luxury of laying around and watching a three hour movie, but even then I, I get antsy and I feel like I need to do something. I'm very hyperactive. We're in the age of productivity, multitasking, and just- Even when you're relaxing. Yeah, short attention span. Even when you're relaxing. Victims yeah. of our own culture here. Yeah. Yeah, we're a workaholic country, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Coming from Italy. I can I can definitely say it just, that. I feel like the opposite. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, what? It's, it's just just hang, it's like I feel like when I think of Italy, I just think of like okay, you work for a little bit at some bakery, but then you go out into the beach, have some wine, and just like hang out with the family, right? <laughs> right, that's, all that's Italians are bakers. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, it's just the vacation culture <laughs> not is that bad, different. Not that bad, but you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> we get a you know, it's not uncommon to get a lot of time off in August. Just vacation days for the well, yeah, but it's low key mandatory, like it's implied. Yeah. Uh, that there is vacation time and then we get a week off in february because it's you have to go skiing you have, have to go to. skiing mm -hmm. then yeah. you get like two weeks off for christmas it's christmas good you know some time off for easter do you believe in christ doesn't matter you get time off anyway mm -hmm. um and then you know so there's like a very we have a ton of holidays every saint you get a, ton, a day off for a saint if he's patron saint of your city there you go. And like in America, I feel like to get those vacations, like to get three weeks, you have to like bite someone's finger off to get like three weeks. Like you got to yeah. fight for the that. The U.S. Man. is like, yeah, it's more just what will they allow you to do? It's the total control is within the employer and they can just enforce the rules as brutally as they want or completely not care and let you go and whatever. Because I don't have, I have them by contract 15 days, but I'm, I blew out 15 days every year since yeah. I lived there. yeah. I don't want to go, and I don't want to go like too far into politics and economics, but it's like, yeah, it's kind of like work, like it's kind of like live to work as opposed to work to live. But yeah, I, when I you're like doing, working. and when you're doing all that work though, it's like so hard to find time for writing. Yes. that's like one problem that I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably dealing with in a sense where it's just like you feel like you have like these ideas, but you just like you look back at the past month or the past two months or three months and you're just thinking to yourself, wait, like where'd all that time go? Three months ago, I said I was going to have three chapters done and now I have like a couple of sentences. Like, well, how did that happen? And a lot of the reasons why it's, I'm not blaming anyone here, but it's just, we work so much and we just like get caught up in it all. Um, this is something that you'll hear in every aspect of life from every writer. Uh, in my experience for writing, it's always come down to me for ha with habit and making a point of doing it in the same context on a regular basis. Uh, the most productive writing period times in my life were, for example, when I was going to college, I had writing classes. I'm showing up, I'm doing that. Now, of course, you're going to write in a writing class, but I move on to a job and I started writing on my lunch break. Um, I probably put out the most work in that um six months or so that i was writing 30 to 45 minutes a day on my lunch but you had a lack of time though actually like you could have made that excuse of like hey guys like i'm working and stuff ah, i know i'm going to lunch but i need that time to eat my burger or whatever i can't write because i can't concentrate but you still made that time it's always an initial investment for me personally when it comes to doing these things i yeah, I don't want to do it at first, and my brain resists changing what I was used to for lunch, which is you know goofing off, reading a reading instead of writing. But then once I got into writing, 
my brain said, well, I want to write. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? Oh, so it's Start kind of like exercising. You just kind of get into it exactly. and you want to do more. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like one of those like self-help books where it's just like, it's like all about making habit. But eventually if you do something for like, let's say two weeks straight and you just write 30 minutes during lunch for two weeks straight, eventually you're going to feel weird after that period of time if you don't do it. That's, that's it, exactly. You're going to feel weird. I just want to write something. So actually, it's very funny you bring up habits. I just finished reading Atomic Habits. Atomic, how was that book? Um, it was, it's, it's a very easy read. The guy who wrote it is a baseball player, so it's very plain English. There's no complication or anything. And yeah. He, he kind of brings it down to that level for a reason. It's kind of like a tutorial on how to create these atomic habits. The whole point behind the title being that if you change 1% of your life every day, after the end of the year, you're gonna have you're, you'll have changed 365 percent of your life, or you will improve 365 percent, so to speak. So small incremental changes, if held consistently, like a habit, will accrue and eventually benefit you greatly down the line. You just have to get invest in it and give it patience. And in that book, they actually did a he brought up a study that says that on typical human behavior, on average, it takes about 21 days to establish a new habit. And for it to really become ingrained into your day to day to the point that you miss it if you don't do it. It's so, about missing it. Yeah, it's that's about really missing it's it. about that's the key. It's like, about craving it, writing. right? If you yeah. crave it, then you're gonna wanna do it more. And making things fun and making bad things less fun and that all those are like techniques that he describes in the book. But um yeah, that's that's kind of the key he was saying. If you have to you have to try and stick to it for at least three weeks. And that doesn't mean that you have to write every day for three weeks that or means for that like, or for like, the majority of time you have, you have the majority of days you have to write but if yeah. one day you skip for some reason it's fine just get back on the horse the next day don't let it skip to another day and if you can think about writing or build it in your head anyway on that day find you know when you're doing a monotonous task like doing the dishes or inputting data or whatever it is that's such a good find point. a minute you know, just think about your book think about something that you can progress and if you think about something genius write down like the the three words that describe what that idea is so that the next day you'll be excited by saying hey you know what half the work is already done i know what i'm gonna write and here's a few notes about it. So yeah, you missed a day, but you made some you made some time up for the next day and all that. And that's yeah. actually like really clever though. But I'm gonna let you finish for a second. But I just wanted to like hit on something where it's just like there was a there was a situation where I didn't have pen and paper, but I still was doing a monotonous task and I just like had this like idea for like this novella that I'm writing. And just while I'm doing that monotonous task, I could have like concentrated on why this task sucks or why it's not fun. But instead, I'm just developing scenes and characters in my head regarding this book because of this new idea that I got. And so that is actually a really good point that you make there. So you're not like wasting that time if it makes any sense. Just because you don't have a pen and paper doesn't mean you can't be preparing to write or preparing to write that scene of that book. I think it's, it is about productivity, and but it's more about also just being in the mental space, getting used to being in the mental space and dedicating part of your day about being space and kind of exercise your brain in that regard it doesn't necessarily you don't have to produce anything but you should you know think about right maybe think about writing something else maybe think about something you've read and how it was written you know something like that just keep the the tw for 21 days every yeah. day keep that uh that thought process moving and most of that should be spent writing just because that's the difficult exercise to do but if you manage to do that for 21 days uh the study showed that 
70% of people successfully kept uh, their, their habits. So there's a really good odd of you becoming a writer if you keep at it for three weeks, less than a month. For aspiring writers, for people who are inspired by writers, there is this vision of sitting down with a pen and paper, a laptop, or a typewriter if you're really old school, yeah. and just saying, I'm writing, and then clicking yeah, away, making this writing really, away. Like, clack, clack, um, <laughs> Dark on a stormy night, yeah. you know, like when it's raining outside. How, Lightning uh, flashes. And it's the, the candle lit. You know. I, th- yeah. I think all the creative fields, 30 though, minutes of prep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, have this idea of, you just you have a very specific context and then the stuff just comes to you whenever you're in the space and that can happen that happens over time that will happen but i think what you hear from musicians is like oh i get i just had these tunes pop in my head and then you know i write it down and for artists they are inspired by a scene and they just start they want to recreate it and i think you have to take the same approach for writing where you are just grabbing snippets throughout your day and your brain will start thinking about it the more you're engaged with it and then at that point, you're always writing. Um, it may not be an active process, but your brain, it, as you want a writer's brain, you start getting a writer's brain. And like once you're getting these story ideas and then once you're having thoughts worth writing down, you are a writer. When you're writing these thoughts, you're a writer. You're like now. absorbing this content basically as you go throughout your day because you're always, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, you're always on and sort of just like always looking for that piece of inspiration as you go throughout your day. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. It just, I don't want to say it's a lifestyle, but it's once you sink your teeth into something creative, it does change how you think. And part of that process is realizing, oh, these thoughts I'm having, these stories, these imaginary scenarios in my head, um, if you write fiction or realizing oh that was a cool conversation i just heard write that down um all that becomes fodder for your writing soul and that's what you're writing down and then how you choose to form that after you note it that does dictate what kind of writer you are but that intake and just noting in your brain this is stuff i want to write about that's the foundation so uh, we're jumping around a bit but i wanted to ask you like do you have any large writing project kind of like a lot of the people we are in the writing group with have these massive books and james himself is working on a book but the only thing i've read from you are mostly short stories or poems or uh, your blog so do you have anything in the works or that you're thinking about doing or you want to do that is an actual book because that's been my crux i keep doing short stories and i feel like i want to do a large book but I also never did, so maybe I don't. Well, but. one thing, and I just want to like sort of, sorry for cutting you off, but one interesting that you said is like, I've only done short stories. And that's actually with the book that I have right now, what it actually used to be was just a series of short stories. And basically, I, I would do this thing called Read Z Prompts, when you go online and they give you prompts every week. And basically they would say, here's the prompt. You have to write a story about water, just as an example. Yeah. And so I would write a story with via their criteria. But what I would do is I would put it in my own little universe that I created for this book that I want to write. So basically Reezy would say, look, here's this little piece of inspiration. Write something about water. And so my main character might be in this chapter. He's actually going to be doing things regarding, I don't know, like being lost in an ocean or something like that or in a swamp. So basically like you 
kept your the same character throughout all your short stories. Yes. And then you were able to cherry pick your stories and say, hey, these we can string them together. They're really good, and we'll make a we'll make a whole story. And out it of might it. sound like cheating, and I, yeah, some people sound, might, some <laughs> sounds like cheating. Maybe. Sounds I, like I, cheating. I, I don't know. I don't know what cheating is. I I believe yeah, I that if not cheating, you're not. Try, I don't know. If there's a rule it's against creative. this, there's no but it's just I just noticed stealing it's, is cheating. It's, I guess. Yeah, I just like I just noticed um, when they were announcing these readsy prompts. I was just thinking to myself, well, how can I make this productive? Well, it already is productive because you're practicing, you're writing. The writing part of your brain, but I'm just thinking to myself, well, how could I use this and sort of show other people, not for their approval necessarily, but a thing that I could put down and be able to put together as a way of saying, here's some work I've done. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do these prompts, but have the same characters and be in the same universe. And I did that. And now I'm pretty far with a lot of the book that I'm trying to, trying to write. So Going back to Jordan real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, we went off topic. We because we I hijacked my own question. Yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah. you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah, to answer the the question of uh, any large projects I might have worked on, um, it is. I, I have had a few larger stories over the years. Um, the issue with that is I do tend to have a very. I'm a I'm a person who enjoys variety, and I yes. do. The longer I settle on a Same story. I, I don't want to say I get flighty, but like the more invested I get in a story, the less likely I am to actually give it to other people, show it to other people. I get in too invested in my so own perfection do you of the think, story. Do you think this is a commitment issue? <laughs> or do, do you I think have it's commitment a boredom issues? issue? Absolutely. <laughs> we all do something am I with... an Aquarius who's flighty? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's an Aquarius. Um, yes, I am an Aquarius. Uh, I don't remember the dates of anything but my own side. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've known a lot of people who've told me how Aquarius works. So this is and pretty And why you're an Aquarius. That. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Oh. So um, being an air sign means that I do typically have commitment issues. That's uh, that's the theme. But I, these, I do have these projects, and I did want to come back to them at some point. But the issue is it's just like... It's like a friend or a relation. The longer you go separated, the less... It, Absence does not always make the heart grow no, fonder. No, if you're not is, in contact no, with no, those things, then no. they just kind of fade. So it fades. Man. Yeah, I, I, I had a the longest story I actually made so far was a little over fifty pages. It was supposed to be a prequel to the main story I wanted, so I held it with less esteem. Um, and then at that point, as I was working on the main story, I I had this finished child essentially of a story, and then I ended up just tossing that story aside because my main story didn't match the logic and themes that I established in this original story that was done. If I could do that again, I would probably do it sequentially and just commit to what I established in each yeah. story as I go and just live with the consequences of having boxed myself in a few ways. Couldn't, yeah, I mean, that's just part of writing your story. It should be part of and writing. I mean, if you're a published author, that's what you have to deal with. You write it, it's, with it. it's gone. Yeah. So I and um, I touch on that a lot. Um, Couldn't the, you like like control F all the names and change them to something else and just declare a different story and start with that? I could, yeah. <laughs> change I mean, all of them from there. Bob to Steve. Yeah, just suddenly like, it's a new guy. Yeah, and who cares? Abs yeah, I could. The it, same habits and everything, just his name, Steve. In theory, you, you definitely could. I could well, go back and do that. It's still there. Yeah, exactly. That's what it. I'm seeing. It's, it's still saying. a story. It's, it's not so, gone. Yeah. 
maybe I will someday. Um, <laughs> well, but maybe, maybe you should bring it in one day. Yeah, maybe we'll do like a excerpt. because like this a, is like an abandoned projects. An abandoned projects episode where because we just bring up all the skeletons that we never. Because the thing buried. is, like the, with this with this podcast, it's not just telling you guys what to do based on hunches that we have. It's actually via our own experiences what we think because we're also writers ourselves and we're doing whatever it is, blogs, stories, whatever. And we've had our ups and downs as writers. And that's sort of like gives us that experience to share with you guys to sort of help you maybe not completely avoid those mistakes, but sort of like help you along that way, I guess that makes any sense, you know? Yeah. Learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Learn from our mistakes. It makes any sense. I will say, um, starting out just like with anything, people have, and I've been told this so many times. I ignore it. I'm really good at ignoring solid advice from people <laughs> who are well established. Yeah. They're like, don't start with your big story that you actually want to write. Don't start with your big project. Never lead into a hobby with something that is what you want to be your magnum opus or your your final yeah. creation because you're going to mess it up. You're going to ruin it. You're going to get. You're going to be sad with the outcome because it's not going to. But also, like, what a frustrating like method to start with. Like, oh, I'm going to do the what I want to make perfect. Yeah. And obviously you're going to stumble because it's the first time and you're going to start hating it because you can't, you can't get it. You can't get it going and trying to say something and it's not coming out because you don't have the skills to say it the way you want to. Yeah. And so, you know, just frustrating yourself with a project that you love (laughs) like a toddler and you just, and you're right. So like just, I think, I mean, just write what you like, you know, I think it's, I think it's the simpler you make it, the easier it'll come. You know, you like uh, reading about superheroes. Damn it. Write about superheroes. There's so many. We don't, we, we can have more. It doesn't matter. You like mythos, write about mythos. You like sports, write a book about sports, write about how the game, you know, the, the, the team at the end wins the game or loses the game. That's the whole point of Rocky is that he loses at the end. And that was a you know phenomenon and all that. So just find a topic that you like and, you know, start producing something small. You don't always have to show it to people at the same time. It's like, you can just like, kind of like have it for yourself, man. Honestly, it's it's like, I think writing's meant to be shared, but also, also it's like, you got to make sure that you to a point kind of enjoy it. Eventually it's going to be shared with people, but you can't let that be your only factor. I think you should start sharing as early as you possibly can. Yeah. As early as you feel like you can share it. It doesn't, and honestly, you should share it right away, in my opinion, because it'll get you used to the fact of other people reading it, other people giving you a commentary, and just dealing with sifting through the bullshit commentary. There's just, you know, quote unquote haters. Yeah. And the actual good commentary that's like, oh, I can build upon this. This is constructive criticism. And because for the longest time, I avoided sharing creations of mine with people out of fear of being judged. And then I fell behind because others were. And I wasn't, I wasn't as quick as learning as by learning by myself as someone who learns with other people, because everyone knows the shortcut. Other people knows the shortcuts, right? It's always the same in math. When you're studying in school, you study the first, a very long way. And then the next year, somehow there was a way that took 30 seconds that you could have done all along. And so why not just learn from the guy in a year ahead, take 30 seconds of doing the process instead of learning the fact that it takes an hour. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like by sharing. Okay. And so I think that's all of the time that we have for today's episode, but we hope this was real quick. Did you guys hear about the queen that died? Oh, the queen died. Yeah. Queen's dead. Yes. The queen. Um, people keep saying my queen 
it's who says my queen? An American? Someone said our queen died, and I said our queen. Maybe maybe <laughs> their queen. Yeah. Yeah. We fought a war for this. <laughs> not so to we be don't our have queen. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe if it's she was British. Tragic, um, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely clear on yeah. that. Um, but just as an aside, it is interesting how everyone has taken her up as our queen, which is really a touching legacy to have. If you think about it, many people feeling like this is my queen. I've known this queen for so long. She'll be remembered for a very long time. And I think that's, that's all. That's the most that most of us could hope for. I'll be honest. I watched her Christmas speech. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the queen has a speech every Christmas day. I don't because I'm with my family and doing fun stuff. Well, I'm with my family too, but I go on YouTube and stream the queen's speech (laughs) while everyone's cutting the turkey. Sounds like a movie. (laughs) Well, she just like a. It's literally her talking about how England and Britain or whatever is great, and as an American raised in Italy, I don't know why I care, but somehow I do, and so I watch it, and it's gonna be interesting because this year. There probably won't be a queen's address. Oh, that's what it is. The queen's address. The queen's address. The queen's address. address. Yeah. Maybe the king will address. But yeah, but like uh, still rest, rest in peace for her. But uh, yeah, it's just like, I think some people want us to like, um, just cause like, Hey, it's on the news. You have to be really care about this stuff. It's like, you know, I want to die obviously, but it's just like, uh, you know, I'm not British. I mean, she was 96. She was 96. I think we all were just like, Amazed by the fact that she was still alive this long, and she's one of the yeah, she's one of I the think longest if anyone, reigning monarchs. If anyone can live to ninety six, I don't think I'll then they deserve it. their own little like news story. I don't, I don't That's think, very I don't think I'll make yeah. it to ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> Not at this rate. But um, anyway, guys, um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, if you like, please subscribe. And like we said, we will be doing this every two weeks. So signing off. My yep. name is James. My name is Jordan. And I'm Giorgio. And this is our farewell. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio. Ciao, Giorgio.